I'd say just work hard um, and continue to work hard. Uh, I think that's, you know, a massive thing. Like you can get to a point in your career and you feel like you're plateauing, but, you know, find ways of improving. Um, get support around you to, you know, help you improve in those areas that, you know, you're lacking and work ha- hard at it um, and things will pay off in the end. Um, and I feel like that's a massive thing for an athlete. So, good day, Lauren. How are you? Hey, good. And yourself? Yeah, doing really well, thanks. So, how's the body and mind feeling so far this year? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I've had a few setbacks um, this year, so... That's been quite difficult, but um, I'm trying to keep positive as much as I can. And now I'm back um, playing, so I'm quite happy and, yeah, uh, rebuilding into preseason in September. Awesome. It, it sucks getting injured, but what did you learn during that sort of injury process this year? And what did you- um, I learned a lot about um, injury management and um, how I need to um, prepare and uh, recover um, for my body, especially when like you know my i'm getting older now so um yeah i feel like i'm quite positive in you know um addressing what i need to work on and um improving areas that i'm lacking um in terms of um why i'm getting injured um so you know um overall i'm pretty positive um person it's quite you know, hard um, being injured and away from the playing group, but it's um, yeah, it's definitely tested me. But yeah, I've been pretty, pretty um, okay with it all. Awesome, it's good that you're back on the field. And how has Pilates been going? I've been seeing that you've been doing some Pilates classes. <laughs> has that been helping out with the injury? Well, yeah, it's definitely. Um, that was one thing I wanted to do in the off season was to start Pilates with Helen um, at Pilates in Sync and um, she's been incredible. I have a one-on-one session with her each week um, and just it's definitely a different way of training the body, um, you know, another way um, of hopefully helping my tendons. So um, majority of my injuries um, the last, you know, two, three years have been tendon related. Um, so just building that capacity through my tendons um, in a different way of movement um, has definitely helped. And I've seen a lot more um, improvements in, you know, um, my body and also, um, you know, my tendons tolerating a lot more um, and especially my flexibility as well, which is really good. Wow, it's awesome that you're you're doing it now during sort of the off-season type area and it's, it's a great thing to experiment, you know, doing something... A little bit different it's not just always the same um type of you know training because it can get quite boring so it's great to experiment with something like pilates or yoga and see the benefits it adds to your game yeah no definitely and i got recommended by um another girl in my team um amy harrison she um did her acl and she's been seeing helen for a, about five years now and she couldn't recommend her enough and I was like at that point of, um, you know, I've been battling um, a few injuries uh, that kind of set me back and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go and see 
if um, things have changed, like things will change um, and whether it will help me. And I definitely have seen improvements. So it's, yeah, it's nice. It's rewarding knowing that like I've made the right decision and um, that, you know, um, I have a good team around me that's helping me. Well, even if it turned out to be the wrong decision, at least you tried something different and, and experimented to see if it could work and just go down that avenue. He's like, yep, it didn't work, but in this case, it did. So it's, it's awesome to see you go out and try new things. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I got to that point where, you know, um, I've had, you know, an injury since this time last year and um, it was good and then it reappeared again and it was, quite annoying and I was like to the point where I would try everything and anything to get back on the pitch um and fit and healthy um and feeling myself again so I literally ha- am doing everything I can to get back on the pitch um and feeling good so yeah well, fingers crossed you stay on the pitch for a very long time yeah I hope so too thank you so growing up as a young girl what sports did you play and how did you end up playing soccer <laughs> Um, so I played like every sport possible. I feel like my family, um, is a very sporty family. So we, my parents literally put us in every sport possible when we were younger. Um, and I've been playing, uh, soccer for, oh, many, many years now. So since I was five, um, and I played a variety of different sports as well. Um, tennis, tag, touch, futsal everything and I chose um soccer or people call it football but we'll we'll say soccer um but yeah I chose soccer and ended up sticking to it and yeah I'm here now now it's awesome I am using the word soccer today so it doesn't confuse everyone because there's so many different brands of football (laughs) out there and yeah. yeah so if you didn't you know pick up on that we are learning from you know Lauren today of what, what, what can we learn from the sport of soccer? Because there's so many things that we can learn from different sports and different athletes. I feel like sometimes in, in rugby, rugby league or rugby sevens, you get caught up in your own world too much. So again, today we're learning from a different athlete and a different sport. So it's going to be really good. So what's it like being a pro soccer player playing in the A-League? Yeah, um, honestly, I can't believe it myself. Um you know, I worked so hard for many years to reach this point in my career. Um, and I wake up every day, you know, so incredibly blessed um, to be in the position I am and to play in the A-League is huge. Um, and to play for a Sydney club is massive as well. And, um, you know, you definitely wake up and it's a job. Um, I play for the club. I play for my teammates and I try my best um, every day to continue to improve because I do have goals um, for the goals that I want to achieve in my career as well. And um, yeah, just, you know, the professionalism at the club, um, yeah, going to training each morning and um, just being in a professional environment and playing against uh, some of the best um, footballers, soccer players in Australia and um, a few internationals as well in each team. So, um, yeah, it's it's unbelievable and, yeah, I'm very, very, very fortunate to be in this it, position. Yeah, it's really cool to see the rise of the A-League um, for the women and how much it's progressed. It's the same with sort of like the NRLW. It's really progressing in and being 
a proactive sport and giving women so many opportunities to play sport at such a high level. Um, how does it sort of compare to the rest of the world? Do you think um, the A-League's doing quite well as being sort of the top um, for, for soccer here in Australia? And what sort of are some things they need to sort of work on to keep moving in the right direction? Yeah, no, it's um, the league's very, very strong. Um, it's definitely... Um, you know, a lot of internationals come here and uh, in the off season for them because um, our season runs in the summer. So um, it's an opportunity for them to get more game time um, across here and that's a good competition um, to be in. Uh, there's a lot of development with younger players coming through the ranks and, you know, um, over in the UK is quite huge, the football, you, you know, the likes of um, Sam Kerr um, and Alana Kennedy and um, those Matildas girls are over there. So um, it's definitely, a, you know, a pathway to um, the UK and um, that league. Um, but definitely it's up there. We're one of the best in, in the world. It's crazy how um, many fans are getting over there in the UK now for, for the women's matches. It's just incredible to see. And you know, breaking records and um, just the atmosphere as well. It's it's just really cool to see. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, it, yeah, I'm so stoked that it's so nice to see people going and watching women's football um, over there. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate that, um, you know, we have good pathways to go over there as well um, and play. And, um, yeah, it just goes to show likes of um sam kerr and alana kennedy and all those girls that have come uh that are in the matildas and are over there that have come through the a-league um and doing so well um for their clubs so would you say that's a goal for you is to try and go over there and play yeah i would love to um i definitely have other goals as well but yeah that is definitely um a goal of mine that i want to go overseas and play at some point um but yeah Awesome. It's a good goal to have. So what are the physical attributes needed to be successful in soccer? Um, definitely uh, the physical side, uh, speed, agility, um, obviously strength and power. Um, you know, that mental battle that you have um, as well. But yeah, they're ma mainly the key attributes um, of being a soccer player. Obviously the skills and everything comes with it too um but yeah they're probably the main ones awesome how, how do you train those during the week to make sure that you have got you know enough speed to be able to play the game you got good agility and decision making skills yeah so i'm um, very fortunate in my position that you know i have an snc coach uh, physio like a team um that works all that out but you know in pre-season um and depending on uh, what day we're actually playing on will depend on what our week looks like and our loading. Um, so in terms of strength and power in the gym, we'll probably do, you know, two sessions, maybe three, depending on um, like when our game is um, and speed and agility we do um, every week as well on pitch. Um, and I feel like a lot of the work that we do in the gym um, helps with all that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, um, yeah, it's all set out for us, um, by our S and C and yeah. 
that we can perform at our best. Awesome. So with sort of soccer and strength conditioning, has it always been sort of there for you during your career? Because I know that some places it just hasn't been there with soccer because it's more like we, we don't want to make them, you know, too big or, you know, little excuses like that to not bring it in because we just want to focus on the craft of the game. Has it always been there or is it something that's sort of um, come come upon over the years? Yeah, so um, I've been in a position where I came through ACTAS. Um, so when I was 14, 15, I was with ACTAS, um, so Academy, um, ACT Academy of Sport. Uh, so I was with um, them for a, a fair few years leading into Canberra United. Um, so I definitely had that component, um, the strength and conditioning side um, and continued um, to build um, my strength and conditioning um, with an SNC coach um, through them. But I do believe that it's so important um, to have that um, and to do that uh, for your uh, for your sport. I feel like, yeah, you may get a little bit bigger, but um, you are going to get stronger and, you know, definitely in terms of injury prevention and mobility and all that stuff, coordination, I think it's very, very important for an athlete, um, you know, uh, going and actually having a long um, career, um, it's definitely important for an athlete to have that and do mm. that. I think I think with soccer, it's a good example of you really got to make sure that you got your craft and you got your skills and everything you know needed to be successful, and then you add in the strength conditioning um, yeah. to it, and it makes you even better. Whereas yeah. in, sometimes in rugby, we go down the rabbit hole of I need to be in the gym, you know four yeah. to five times a week getting big doing all this and then we forget Oof. about the skills and forget yeah. about the craft of our, our position so i think we, we we can take away that from soccer is making sure that we don't forget about the craft and then yeah. add in the strength conditioning to enhance the sport but it doesn't take anything away from it yes exactly right yeah mm. so how do you mentally prepare yourself to play in the a league what do you do sort of each game and each week of training to best prepare yourself for game day yeah so um I work pretty hard um, during the week to prepare myself for each game. Um, I definitely focus on what my job is and what the team is for, um, for each opposition. Um, you know, we go through review. We go, you know, I address the areas that I need to improve on um, that for that weekend's game. And, um, yeah, I just focus on what I need to do and how I need to prepare myself on and off the field as well. And recovery is so important um, as well. We you know we're on the field, you know, two hours um, and then in the gym as well. So just feeling my body the right way um, and just keeping really positive. You know, if I don't have a very good session, then, um, you know, I focus on what I need to um, improve on the following day and, um, you know, do better. So just keeping that, um, mindset quite positive and, um, just working as hard as I can at every training session. And, um, in terms of preparing for a game, I'm, yeah, I try to relax and not, um, overthink things and really, um, get my mind off the game and then, you know, leading in a few hours before the game, I then start focusing on my job and the team's job um, to win the game. And um, that's when I start preparing um, 
sorry, I would already be preparing, but like actually focusing and like going over what I need to be doing um, for that game. Awesome. So what are some ways to switch off that brain of yours so you don't think about, you know, soccer um, too much? Yeah. So I do like, um, so like on game day, I do like to go for my morning walk and coffee. And usually I'm with a friend or friends and we do that. Um, so that's a good way, um, you know, just to keep my mind off things. And then um, I'll stretch rolls around like, and listen to music or, um, you know, sit there and watch um, some things on Netflix or whatnot, um, especially on away trips. But, yeah, so I just, you know, try to focus on other things and then, yeah, leaning into it, I um, start thinking about football. Awesome. So what's on the playlist to uh, sort of keep you calm but then also to pump you up for uh, for game day? Well, uh, I don't know. I have a fair few songs, um, but none. Uh, I don't really want to give them away. <laughs> but pretty chilled music. Um, what type of genre of music? You don't have to name the artist or the song, but is there a certain genre that you like the most? Uh, it's kind of a mix, to be honest with you. Um, I do like some pop music. Um surprisingly leading into the game just to get me going a little bit um but yeah I do I've been um actually listening to LMA I went to a concert on Monday night actually um a fair bit um before games and that's actually um been pretty good leaning into um you know training session and I just put it on in the car um so yeah, LMA is pretty good. So yeah, cool. I, I always found it's it's good to have a mixture of you know all all different types of music, but songs to help you sort of you know relax a bit, then to pump you up a bit, but have that mixture. I've always felt that was pretty good for me, and you know just having the random you know pop song in there as well that you can just yeah. you know, easily sing along and just have a bit of fun too. But then you put the serious you know gangster type music on to get you in, into the zone. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, that's how I like it as well. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. So, something that we talked about at the start was injury. For athletes going through injury, it can be a dark and, and lonely and scary sort of place to be. How, how have you overcome injuries in your career, and what would you say to athletes going through this challenging situation? Um, yeah, so getting through injuries is quite tough, um, and you feel quite lonely. Um, and I've been there quite a lot of times. Um, you just don't understand why you're getting injured and you just want all the answers straight away. Um, and in terms of like my injuries with tendons, it's been so difficult and so hard to deal with, um, especially not knowing a time frame of when you're going to be back on the pitch. Um, but, you know, I've just kept, you know, level-headed and just really, you know, there's other people in um, definitely worse um, ways than I am and I keep, you know, I'm in a very um, privileged um, environment and got the support around me and I'm very grateful for that um, and I... I need, you know, I go back to um, where I've come from and where I want to go and that's my drive 
Um, and I feel like, you know, I just take one step at a time. Um, and if I'm, you know, if I've been given um, exercises to do or rehab, like any rehab exercises or I've, you know, got all that, I will do it. And I know that at the end of the day, whatever happens, happens. And um, I'll find a way no matter what. Um, but, yeah, it's quite a daunting um, place to be in and it's really hard. But, you know, um, positive thoughts, even journalizing is quite good as well, um, especially if you're not having the best of um, days. I feel like that's... Um, that's a good, you know, place to start journalizing and actually just putting your thoughts to paper and closing the book and, you know, knowing that, okay, that's done and moving on from that. So, um, yeah, that's how I've dealt with injuries. Um, but you know, you're always going to have good days and bad days. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I've dealt with them and yeah, just keep, positive <laughs> mm, sounds like a very process driven like you know yeah. once the injury happens you know it sucks you know you're gonna be quite emotional about it and, and there's nothing wrong with that you know show your emotions show that you're angry you're upset and let that sort of come out because if you don't you're just probably going to boil it up and and know halfway for the rehab then it might just happen like then and just yeah. out of nowhere so you really need to make sure that you sort of just accept that and then, just like you said, try and find the positives out of it and then have that process in place and do your rehab exercises, you know. Yeah. Most people probably won't, you know, in the lower levels, but do them. If you want to be back on the field sooner rather than later, you, you have to do it, you know. And if you have a really good co uh, conversation with your physio and your strength conditioning coach of what the outcome is going to be and how long you're going to be out, sweet. Then you can start planning and start getting back onto the field really soon. If you don't do that and don't do your exercises, then... It's just yeah. going to sort of be a downward spiral and you're probably not going to get back on the field sooner um, than you thought. Yeah, no, definitely. And trusting the people around you as well. Like, you know, they're professionals um, and they know what they're talking about. And if you're not seeing results, then, you know, just stick to it because eventually you will. Um, and, yeah, just you utilize the, the support network you have around you as well. Mm, 100%. So how has strength conditioning training helped you to become a better soccer athlete? Oh, definitely it's helped a lot, um, you know, in terms of on the field, um, that strength and power, especially as a defender. Um, you definitely need to be uh, quite strong um, in tackles and um, powerful, like in the air when you're hitting the ball. Um, but even just, you know, you have quite – a lot of forwards these days, young forwards coming through the ranks that are quite um, quick as well. So that speed, that agility as well. Um, I definitely believe that, um, you know, in terms of S&C, uh, strength and conditioning has helped so much um, on the field. So, yeah, it's very, very important as an athlete. Hi, everyone. We just want to take a quick break from this episode. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far and all the content we have produced. We appreciate all the support from our listeners and followers so far. If you haven't already, sign up to Elite Rugby SNC blog today. You'll find our website link in our bio below. Remember to like, 
subscribe, and share Elite Rugby SNC on all social media platforms to all your family and friends. Thanks again for all your support, and now back to the episode. So how has your strength conditioning program sort of evolved over your playing career to when you first started to where it is now? Um, well, <laughs> now I have a lot of rehab exercises in there, but no, it's definitely, um, you know, I started when I was, oh, what, 14, 15 in the gym. So, um, things obviously have changed the older I get, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like, um, there's different areas, um, of, you know, my body that I need to improve on and, um, yeah, there's like slightly different, you know, there's definitely the main lifts that you do, um, but the additional, um, like, you know, the extras that you do on the side for yourself, um, I feel like, um, yeah, that's, I don't know where I've gone with that, but yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, it's just the additional work on the side um, that I need for my rehab and to get my body in the right position to be on the field and um, be at my best. 100%. And those those extras that you're talking about is, you know, specific to you. And yes, you've had some injuries and you need to keep ticking those boxes, but through the strength conditioning journey and playing soccer and playing whatever sport that you're going to play, you start to realize some things that you need to work on and you can start adding in and sprinkling those in, into your program because... You know, as the SNC coaches, we're going to make a program that we think is best going to help you, but there's yeah. all, there's going to be some individualization that needs to be in there. And that's where if you really pay attention to your strength conditioning training, you can talk to your coach, be like, hey, I really feel like I need this to help me, you know, do this on the field. And if you have those conversations and have that trust, that's where the coach can really add in those exercises and you're going to see the benefit um, really soon. Yeah, no, definitely. And I've had been in that situation a fair few times um having those conversations with my snc and just being open on how i feel um on the field and you know um and it's great with the technology that they have these days as well um you know picking up on imbalances um you know between him like you know your left and right hamstring or your left and right quad and whatnot so um it's definitely it's definitely improved in that aspect as well, which is so um, so good and hopefully it keeps in, um, involving as well. Mm, 100%. But if you come and tell us what you want, it makes our job much easier, you know? Like if you let us just keep guessing or make informed, really good, really good informed decisions, yeah, it's going to work. But, you know, if you come to us and be open of what you want, then we can easily add that into it and then, you know, build a really good rapport and see what works and see what doesn't work as well. Yeah, 100%. So are there any sort of specific drills you do in the gym that you think really helps your abilities out there on the field? Um, yeah, no, definitely. There's a fair few. Um, there's actually one, one I've been really focusing on, um, lately is, um, going back to the basics with running technique. Um, I had a grade two tear in my big toe, uh, last year in A-League last or it wasn't a stra- it wasn't a tear at that stage, but I went into MPL afterwards, um, New South Wales MPL, and I didn't realize um, it got that bad until I went and saw Doctor Lowe in August, um, or yeah, end of August, and he I mean 
to get a cortisone shot in there and uh, he, he goes to me, do you know there's a grade two tear here? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Uh, so um, in terms of, uh, you know, going back to the basics, I was running on the outside of my foot um, and not avoiding um, running on my toes. Um, so I was definitely heel, um, heel running, um, which definitely did not help with other um muscles in my body um and so now I'm really in this off season um being focusing on my running technique and getting back to you know um focusing on those areas um that I need to improve on um and it's yeah mind over body um and yeah so it's it's been um pretty good I've been working with Nilsey at Precision Athletica here in Sydney sorry um an athlete gym um and seeing the physio there as well so in terms of you know um what she the physio thinks I should be um doing as well and also um Nilsey um you know just focusing on areas um and drills that I need to um work on um, to help that running technique and um, get back to um, how I used to run prior to yeah. injury. Run technique is probably one of the most underrated things we can do in any team sport that, you know, involves running. Yeah. If you learn how to run, you know, you're going to have a massive advantage over anyone that you play. And it's probably something that I know people just don't think about is, okay, I think I know how to run. I've run since I was, you know, could be a little kid out in the play field, but there's, there's ways to run more effectively. And if yeah. you want to be, you know, better out in the field, invest into learning how to run a bit more effectively, change direction more effectively and be able to run, let's say in soccer, and then be able to pass and then get back onto the next pass. And and then in rugby, it's the same thing, be able to pass and catch at speed. It's such mm -hmm. an underrated skill. So that run technique is so valuable to athletic performance. And it's probably something that might not get addressed enough in, in people's strength and conditioning programs. No, I definitely agree with that. I feel like it's definitely an area that needs um, addressing every athlete. Um, I feel like especially when you um, have any ankle or feet um, injuries, you tend to compensate in other areas. Um, so like myself. So, yeah, definitely um, it's something to address because, yeah, it does affect a lot of things. Um, if you're not, if you don't have the right technique mm. and please avoid big toe injuries. They, they suck. I have had cortisones as well in the big toe mm. and it's not fun. So it's definitely. probably one of the worst experiences that I've had is, is having a big toe injury. So definitely take care of the, your toes, um, especially the big toe. Cause as soon as it gets hurt, you, you don't yeah. know what you're in for. No, you don't. And then, yeah, I ended up getting tendinopathy in my perineal tendon in my calf. Um, so it definitely, um, yeah, you definitely compensate in other areas when, um, your big toe doesn't yeah. want to work. <laughs> yeah. Such a shit injury. Yeah. So do you have any advice out there for athletes in regarding their strength conditioning training? Um, my advice is just to do it. Um, it definitely will help you as an athlete. Um, it definitely will help in every aspect of performance. Um, and yeah, definitely, uh, seek, um, help as an athlete from an S and C, 
Um, and yeah, definitely, definitely do it because um, it will definitely help with injury prevention as well. Yeah, if you if you're not doing it and you want to, you know, progress your career or even just just play really good first grade or second grade, doesn't matter what sort of age group or anything like that, you know, it's only going to help. And if you have a really good strength conditioning coach, we're going to add, you know, a few more years onto your career and you're going to bounce back from injuries a lot quicker. And, you know, there's all these benefits to it, but you just got to find the SNC program that works for you and experiment. Don't just, you know, go with the first thing that pops up, you know, try and experiment and then see what happens and just get advice from, you know, different family members and friends and see what they think. But it's only going to add, you know, positives to your game and you'd be uh, silly not to. No, I agree. So when it comes to, you know, teammates having a bad habit or an ick, I feel like ick is the, you know, appropriate term in this day and age in the team, who sort of, um, you know, sticks out with their bad habits and icks? Um, and, and what is this bad habit or ick that they have? Um, I don't actually have someone specifically, but a massive ick to me is spitting <laughs> on the field or um, people call it snot rockets. I hate that. <laughs> I cannot deal with people doing that, um, especially females as well. So that's probably one of my biggest ick. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't have one. I don't have a person specifically that does it. <laughs> oh, it's a good teammate right there. <laughs> yeah, good teammate there. Yeah. So if someone is playing against you, you know, being a forward and they spit in front of you, is there something that, you know, you get angry about? Like, well, oh, why are they spitting in front of me? And you, yeah. you know, pick your game up or is it like, oh, you go away? No, I say that's gross and like, yeah, it definitely makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. I, 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 I guess you picked a better sport than playing rugby. I feel like that's just a common thing in rugby is, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the old, the old snot rockets and all that. Yeah. I feel like, it doesn't really happen in our sport as much, but when I do see it, I'm like, oh, no. Nah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so what makes a good teammate on and off the field in soccer? Um, a good teammate is definitely a teammate that works hard, works for the team, um, works hard. Um, yeah, definitely for the team. Um, is quite supportive. Um definitely someone that you know um is you know very um already addressed hard worker um but you know just someone that works hard and i think that's one of the biggest ones um you know we always have goals as a team um and someone that actually um yeah it strives to achieve those goals um another one will be loyalty as well um someone that's you know um there for you um when you need them um yeah there's a lot of attributes that um a teammate should have um shows leadership skills you know accountability um but yeah so they're the main, some of the main ones that I'd say. Mm, and that, with that work hard, it's it's not just working hard on the field. I feel like it's working hard off the field. Like you said, you know, being loyal, being someone who's a really good teammate. That's that's also working hard because it's not it's not easy to be, you know, a good teammate off the field. It, it takes 
take some, you know, some some capacity and some energy to do that, to check in with your teammates, to, you know, yeah. go to social functions, to stay after the game and, and have a, a drink in the in the changing rooms, depending if you're uh, of age or not. But just, you know, doing all those little things that we think are quite easy if it comes natural to you is actually quite hard for a lot of people. So it's yeah. doing the work on the field and in the gym and all that, but then also working hard to be the best teammate you can off the field and also for the organization as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, not being selfish is another thing as well. And just, you know, checking in on your teammates um, and, you know, showing that you, you know, that um, just being caring and, um, yeah, you know, people go through some rough patches and just checking in and seeing if they're okay and if you can help, um, help in any way is um, being a good teammate off the pitch as well. So, mm. And just them knowing that you're there just in case they do need to reach out. You don't need to reach out all the time. It can get quite pestering. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But some yeah. people might like that. Some people might not. But just knowing that you're in their corner and you, and if you need them, you just, you know, one text away, one phone call um, is, is really reassuring to them. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Moving on to my favorite part of the podcast, so the Triple H. So we're going to talk about a hardship, a hero, and a highlight. So... What's a hardship that sort of comes to mind in your soccer career so far? And how did you get through this hardship and what did you learn along the way? Um, I would actually say it's been quite recent. Um, you know, the last six months has been really, really hard for me. Um, I definitely came back from injury um, and played 10 games um, and then got another injury. Um, and I was back to square one, it felt like, and, you know, I was halfway through the season. And it was, you know, I didn't have a time frame of how long I, I'd be back because it was a tendon. And, you know, I tried my best to get back on the pitch and it just wouldn't happen. And, you know, mentally I just, you know, being starting and playing every 90-minute game, it's hard to then sit back and watch your team when you just want to be out there playing with them and playing for the club and doing your best. But it just wasn't happening and mentally it was quite it was quite hard um but you know it, it I learned so much um coming out of it and um yeah it's it was hard um but I look back now and um yeah it's it's now I know that I've done all I can to get back onto the pitch um it might have taken a little bit longer but um, that's a part of being a, an athlete, unfortunately. But yeah, that's probably one of the hardest um, parts of my career so far. Oh, it's you know, like I said before, injuries suck, and it it, it just sucks when it happens at a time when you really didn't want it to happen. But then you sort of reflect back on it, and you're like, oh yeah, I probably needed this <laughs> to really reflect of you know how good the organization is, how good my teammates are, and how much I do love the sport. Um, that I'm playing right now. So it's it just comes back to what you were saying before, you know, being positive and, and making sure that you are sort of journaling your thoughts. And if you journal your thoughts, you can really start to understand what's going on in that brain of yours. And you can start focusing more on the positives and really being grateful for the position that you are in. Yeah. No, that's exactly how I've taken it. And yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely quite positive in everything that I do. So um, I do have my days and that's a part of being an athlete. So, yeah, 100%. So, Hero, who is your hero and why is this person your hero or if you have um, a couple of heroes? Um, so, 
my mom is my hero. Um, like she's an absolute legend. I love her so much. Um, she sac- sacrificed so much in her life for us, um, us kids, you know, my sister playing tennis, my brother playing um, rugby league as well. So there was a lot of um, driving around to after school. Um, she would prepare afternoon tea and then she would get dropped off all at all of our training sessions and um, she was always there and I just look up to her and I just want to one day be just like her um, and be a mother just like her um, because you know I still go to her for advice today and um, you know she's always been there for me and um, she's always in my corner and always a call away you know it's been it's hard having her like a few hours away now but when I do see her um it makes her a little bit more special but she's definitely my hero um someone I really look up to and um I have to mention my dad as well because he has sacrificed and done a lot for us as well but um yeah my mom is definitely my hero and someone yeah, yeah. Sh- oh. shout out to mom and dad it's awesome yeah yeah so highlight, what is a highlight that stands out so far in your, in your soccer career? Um, I have a few. So definitely cracking um, the A-League was a massive highlight for me. I worked for, worked hard for so many years um, trying to crack um, Cambry United. And once I did, I was absolutely stoked. And to play for my hometown as well um, was I- incredible. Um, and playing for them for five years was incredible as well. Um, definitely um, making my debut at Amy Park as well. Uh, that was a massive highlight in that massive stadium um, in Melbourne was quite incredible. Um, and also making the semi-final um, two, two or three years ago um, for A-League. Um, that was an incredible experience um, to be in finals in the A-League. Um but yeah, so they're probably some of the highlights of my career so far. Yeah, so far and many more to come. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, family Christmas, you know, your sister was a very, very good tennis player and probably still is, probably could beat many, many people. And um, Dan, you know, being a, the rugby league athlete that he is, who is sort of the best athlete out of the lot? And do you guys get <laughs> really competitive as well at Christmas time? Does like, you know, cricket, touch footy or does some <laughs> sort of board game come out? Um. Yeah, there's a bit of competitiveness um, there, but we're pr- we're pretty good actually in terms of like we've never. I think it has helped that we've chosen different sports. I think if we were in the same sport, I think it would have been very very competitive. But the fact that Dan chose rugby league and Ash chose tennis, it's it's helped us um, a lot. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of competitiveness competitiveness um if we do play anything or like in terms of you know during COVID we did painting you know we all had to like um be the best and like yeah so we definitely had that competitive nature in us um but yeah definitely in terms of athlete um I wouldn't unfortunately all of us have had some pretty um annoying injuries but um, I'd say we're kind of all probably the same. Um, <laughs> Do you watched... think the other two would say that answer as well? Or... <laughs> I bloody hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, Dan's quite Dan's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, he definitely has a very very good mindset, um, which definitely helps being an athlete. Um, he's definitely had some pretty severe injuries um, and it's obviously something that I've um, someone I look up to in terms of injuries and getting support from as well um, but yeah he's yeah he would be if I had to give um, <laughs> out of our sibling like out of us three probably Dan <laughs> fair enough have you ever beaten um, Ash in tennis at all oh no no, no. <laughs> we used to play back when we were younger Dan reckons he's good so um uh, yeah we haven't actually gone for a hit for a very long time but um it'll be interesting to see um <laughs> how we all hit a ball again I'm left-handed so I feel like I've kind of got that up my sleeve um mm. but yeah I definitely chose soccer over tennis um yeah might have to bring the tennis rackets out at Christmas Christmas time and see who's got the skills yeah I think so <laughs> so if you could only give one or two points of advice for athletes out there what would you say um i'd say just work hard um and continue to work hard uh i think that's you know a massive thing like you can get to a point in your career and you feel like you're plateauing but you know find ways of improving um get support around you to you know help you improve in those areas that you're you're lucky in and work ha- hard at it um, and things will pay off in the end. Um, and I feel like that's a massive thing for an athlete. 100%. You can't beat work hard, uh, working hard and it's just something you need to continue to do. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at or what sport, hard work does pay off. Yeah, no, definitely. So who should be my next guest on the podcast? Is there any sort of athletes that come to mind from a different sport or maybe another um, athlete, a teammate that's playing soccer right now that comes to mind that should jump on for a chat? Probably could get my brother on, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, he would probably be able to jump on or um, Liv Price. She's another Wanderers um, girl. She's been through the ranks. Um, she's played for Australia at a young age. So, um, yeah, she's doing well, so... Um, she's another person, but yeah, I definitely reckon that you probably could get my brother on. Alrighty. Easy done. So like, where can now that's the new. <laughs> Yeah. I'll ask the same questions and see what the responses are um, to the family. <laughs> well, so where can listeners find you on social media if they want to keep up to date with what's going on in your life? Um, my Instagram page. Um, yeah, you'll find me. I'm quite active on that. Um, and also Wanderers women's page as well. Um, our preseason, I think is starting in September and our season starts in October. So there'll be a lot of content on Instagram, um, about our matches and where we're at. And, um, yeah, so they're probably the two profiles that you can probably, uh, look at. Awesome. So I'll pop them in the show notes if you want to give them a follow. So thanks for joining me today, Lauren. It's been awesome to um, you know, catch up. It's been a while since the last time I spoke to you and it's been awesome to get a really good insight to what is needed to be a successful soccer athlete. And I know um, rugby athletes listening to this today can get a lot that can they bring over to rugby as well. And just remember, you don't have to be, you know, so sort of 
um, tunnel vision into one sport, you can branch out and learn from different athletes and different coaches as well. But thanks again for joining me today. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Elite Rugby SNC podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and rate Elite Rugby SNC on Spotify and YouTube, and make sure you follow us on Instagram. Sign up to come a beast via the link in the description or via Instagram page. Also, don't wait, make that good decision and join Elite Rugby SNC today and take your game to the next level.